of Cards, the series is over, but we're just getting started talking about the finale of House of Cards here on the House of Cards post-show recap. And now here are the two guys who will have no more pain. I am Rob Sestrino back again with Zach Brooks. Zach, finale night. Yeah, I'm, I'm hungry for more House of Cards after yes, the finale. Stay hungry. Stay hungry, yeah. my friend. Uh, I, do we know if that was the series finale? I'm sure that will come up plenty of times in this podcast, but like, th- th- that doesn't really put a bow on a lot of the show. So I think what happened here is that this was maybe not written as a series finale, but... I'm pretty sure Netflix is like, you're done. I can see that. I mean, it's definitely not. It doesn't tie things up. Um, And I do, you know, I do have some theories with like, I think originally this was the same scene that was written before Kevin Spacey was off the show because it just makes way more sense that the final showdown is between Claire and Frank um, and not, not Claire and Doug, but they they left a lot of things open. They talked about 10 years in the future. You know, maybe they're coming back in 10 years. You know, maybe that's what this whole setup is for. The big, the big House of Cards resurgence in 10 yeah. years. Let me just lay all of my House of Cards on the table. I am incredibly disappointed with the finale of this show. I really thought that with these eight episodes, we were coming back to tie things up and uh, i don't think that we tied this up no not at all it was when it was over i like sat through all the credits i was like all right there's got to be some post credit yeah i thought that because oh, there was like three minutes left and, and yeah. you know we uh, i was sitting there i watched this twice and so the first time i watched it a couple days ago and i didn't take notes and then the second time through i watched it and uh took notes and i was sitting there and then there's the point where Claire is getting the nuclear football and, you know, she is uh, feeling like, okay, uh, she gets the, 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 the letter from Frank on her desk and it's the MP3 player and she takes off her wedding ring and there's like 10 minutes left. I'm like, all right, here we go. This is, we're going to now let's, you know, get, get crazy here at the end. And we had a confrontation between Claire and Doug which the season was leading up to, but I, I, I don't know what this is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it really didn't make sense. It, it really didn't make sense. It did not make sense. Okay. Uh, there's so many questions. I mean, I wrote down questions before this episode that I was like, all right, let's see if they can answer them. Um, I wrote down questions throughout this episode thinking, okay, well, they're going to come back to this. They're setting this up. And just so many things left. Uh, I guess the world just keeps turning in the House of Cards universe, as uh, Mark Usher said, that, you know, people just fade away, things fade away, but it keeps going. So maybe that was the whole point of this show, that there is no stopping this train, but they they could have done a much better job giving us something that would satisfy the hunger that we have for uh, things happening in this right. show. So let me add here, damn you, Kevin Spacey. Damn you, Kevin Spacey, on so many levels. One, for being a garbage person and Trash doing person, horrible yes. things. And also for leaving us with this zombie TV show. 
Zach, I don't know why they spent so much time that they did not have Kevin Spacey. Was there just not enough time to rewrite the scripts? Why was so much of this about Frank Underwood? You don't have Frank Underwood. Move on. Frank Underwood is dead. Let's not make the last eight episodes also just be still about Frank Underwood. Yeah, Zombie House of Cards is a really good way to describe this. Uh, That is what it felt like. And it did feel like a lot of the season was already written, especially looking back on it. Um, And Greg Kinnear's comments about how he was already cast on the show. Like, I think what we saw is a weird alternate version of what they had written before all the Kevin Spacey news came out. And I think they did a lot of like control F find and replace for Frank Underwood or Kevin Spacey and replaced it with Doug or replaced it with Bill Shepard or, uh, you know, maybe Mark Usher in some spots. And then they also, in the meantime, rewatched season one and said, oh, what are these things that people don't remember at all from season one that we can call back to and have people say, oh, that's kind of a weird line. And then you realize it's from season one. Not, I don't even know if they've watched all of season one. I think they watched like the first five minutes of the first episode. It's like, oh, oh, bookends. Oh, this will be great. This will be great. Let's really lean into when Kevin Spacey killed the dog. People remember that. Yeah. Um, and that was a memorable scene. After I watched this episode, I did go back and rewatch the premiere I did just too. to see oh, I didn't how watch different the, things were. I watched the first five minutes with the dog. So I watched the whole premiere, and A, the premiere is awesome. Like It is yeah. such a good episode of TV, uh, and it was cool to see like where people were at the beginning of the show, and then I realized that basically everybody in the premiere suffered a terrible fate. Uh, mm-hmm. They died or were in prison or something terrible was going on with them. Uh, and everybody looks a lot younger as well well yeah <laughs> we've been through a lot we've been through a lot here but in terms of to make this all about frank underwood i, I just I, I don't know why we spent why did we spend so much time with the shepherds here this season we how many scenes did we have with annette shepherd with bill shepherd with duncan why why did they waste our time with all of this that's why i have to think that you know whether they were trying to set up for the next season or if we are going to get our next season i mean why set all that stuff up and yeah there was everything with annette shepherd and was she trying to kill claire underwood was she worked with i mean there was just so many questions with her and then bill shepherd we never even got to see the payoff for him being sick we just got to see him picking out his favorite paintings uh, and then Duncan, well, at least, I mean, you should be happy we didn't even see Duncan. At Thank finale. God. Duncan yeah. did not even appear in the series finale. Oh, Duncan had to get adopted for what? Why? <laughs> He's 30 years old. He doesn't need to be. Adopted. Why? Why did we yeah. do any of this? What did anything have to do with this? It's I don't it's they and then Claire Underwood just completely came unhinged you the the, I, just the whole idea of oh this this uh newspaper reporter is gonna write a damning article about frank underwood Ooh, a newspaper article you, you, <laughs> you know what happens in real life oh there's a damning news article and then uh, a politician will say up oh, fake news didn't happen nope not real not real and then nobody cares right nothing happens or they, you know, like even, you know, and it would have, if they really wanted to lean into like the dark ending, have some article come out and have it be like back page news that's buried under a ton of other stuff that actually happened. So nobody even notices. And I, I do feel like that 
whether it's House of Cards or another show, that, that has happened before and kind of a, an ironic twist of fate at the end. And then are we led to believe that Claire Underwood is about to launch a nuclear war? It was unclear because she she got the football. So I guess she has the ability to launch a nuclear war, although there's a dead man in her office now. Mm-hmm. And the uh, colonel, who we've never met before that until this episode, uh, apparently was working against Claire and with doesn't seem like much actual evidence was arrested. Uh, and now Claire has the football, even though, you know, and I did like the, the nuclear stuff because it tied in with the bill going through the whole season with, you know, let's take Claire's finger off the nuclear button. She doesn't have she's not responsible for it. But that was nowhere to be fine. Nobody even talked about that. So. um I mean, yeah, they were there was so much potential for things, and it just felt like the season, the series got like chopped two episodes short. Mm -hmm. I just don't know why, you know, Claire Underwood was in such a panic where everything was going her way. She's at what, like 70 percent popularity. And then, oh, oh, uh, Francis Underwood's diary was going to completely undo her and undermine her presidency. I mean, if she is enjoying these type of, you know, popularity figures and everybody is loving her, she couldn't ride out this storm. And it was unclear if she was happy that some of this, you know, it's like at times she wanted to distance herself from Frank's legacy and distance herself from the things that he did. And then she talks about, you know, maybe an indictment for him. Uh, but then other times she's trying to protect it and she doesn't want this stuff to come out. And it's just, I mean, I guess, I guess ultimately it comes out and then it could be that she knew. And I mean, so much has happened in this House of Cards world. Is it even that big of a deal? And then Claire Underwood is having a one on one meeting with Doug Stamper. And then he I, I mean, did it was Claire, did Claire OK him coming through? I mean, the everyone on high alert. Somebody is trying to kill the president. Doug Stamper gets to the oval office and then they have this one-on-one -on -one with no security there and uh, you know oh, oh that yeah, the, uh doug stamper wanted you to have this knife uh, uh letter opener le yeah le i mean but i yeah, mean I, they're gonna I did call the letter opener i did say you did call that you did, used in the murder you did call you did call yes. that and so uh, just then claire underwood ultimately you know uh kills doug stamper i i just i don't know I don't know what this was. What do I do with this? Yeah, I, I do feel like we could probably spend an entire podcast just talking about that last scene because everything was really building up to that. Mm -hmm. Like, what was Annette's plan? Like, that's what I keep going back to. Like, what? So Annette was going to send know, Doug in there and yeah, the letter opener was going to be there and Doug was going to, like, stab. I mean, a letter opener, yes, it's sharp, but I mean, is that the best way to try to kill Claire Underwood? Really? Well, I guess let's start with the reveal that Doug made or that Claire says, OK, I know, you know, I forgive you. I forgive you for what you did. So after all this, Doug killed Frank Underwood. Does this hold any water for you? No, not at all. I mean, it was I guess he was trying to stop Frank from destroying his legacy because uh, Doug was so worried about Frank's legacy. Mm -hmm. It doesn't make any sense because. He poisoned Frank with his liver medication, which made Frank crazy and also apparently horny. 
And so then Frank went to try to kill Claire, but first have sex with Claire. Well, I don't. I, I thought we we were on the in vitro fertilization uh, bandwagon, but the show never revealed that. We were. Yeah, I mean, we just sort of piecing it together. Right. I mean, that was. It was never really revealed. It was never even revealed if it like actually is Frank Underwood's child. I mean, it probably is. I don't know who else's it could be, but like all of that was just like, oh, by the way, Claire's pregnant. Mm-hmm. And then he and then he shows up at the White House. Like, how did Doug get Frank to go to the White House? He poisoned him because he knew he was going to the White House to kill Claire. But then he poisoned him, and he still lets him go to the White House. Maybe and he felt like he wouldn't be able to pull it off. And he's, uh, Doug said, "Well, I didn't know how long it would take." But so <laughs> that basically, what we're told is that Doug killed Frank Underwood to preserve Frank Underwood's legacy because he was going to head to the White House to, I guess, rage murder Claire Underwood. And does the White House not have any security? Like, the White House isn't going to stop this rage murderer ex-president from coming into the White House who has a terrible relationship with Claire to begin with? Mm-hmm. Like, there's just, it's like, it really feels like they were just like, oh, we have to write Kevin Spacey off this show. We'll say he died, and then we'll just, like, make up this mystery that we can tease throughout the series and or throughout the season mm-hmm. but it just makes no sense it really doesn't and then because doug w- works so hard to preserve the idea of frank underwood then he becomes you know increasingly angry with claire who's doing her best to sully the name of frank underwood yeah uh, the legacy is what you know it all comes back to legacy we called that seasons ago yes um Yes, uh, this was a childless marriage that their legacy was their child. Yes, and now their child is their child. Mm-hmm. Little yes. Francis Jr. I really, I just feel like that the pregnancy was, is such a red herring here. I, I, I don't know really what I mean in terms of like, like I do feel like that there is something to the legacy being their child, and then Claire trying to destroy that legacy in a way. I, I feel like that that kind of is you know metaphorically like the abortion coming back, where that you know they had this they had this child together that was this legacy, and then she's trying. Trying to destroy the legacy and so i like i feel like that at least thematically there's some there's something there but then she really has a has a child that um and but and doug wants to name the child francis she's like no i'm not doing that um uh, caption spoiled the francis reveal as well because mm, yeah. they showed with an e and then i was like oh he means francis as a, a girl's name and then uh because i didn't even think about that until he pointed it out but the captions had spoiled it already right super weak sauce also with the the diary of that there's a point janine is like well let me hear it doug's like no i can't can't let you hear it and then claire gets it and she just puts the headphones in she hears five seconds of it and then like throws throws them i don't know do you think that there was like a particularly damning passage that she heard or just like frank's voice on the tape just his voice. I think the show went out of their way to make sure you never heard Kevin Spacey's voice or uh, some, maybe it was you doing an impression of Kevin Spacey. Mm-hmm. Um, anytime that, it, you know, they, you could hear what's on the TV, you can hear what's going on inside conversations, but anytime anybody has headphones on, they are like the most soundproof headphones that you've ever seen. And you will never be able to hear what's on the other line of that. Uh, and also MP3 player. 
<laughs> right, right. Uh, and we never found out what was in the will, what was actually left to Doug. That was that was never back. So, it, what it just, made what made Claire rip the the ring off? Like it was so she puts it in, and I guess she was like so upset, but like she's like trying to get it off, and then she struggles to get the ring off. Which she's pregnant? Like it was like oh her finger. Okay, all right. That's a good, that's a good little Easter egg. I guess so. But it's just like in terms of like the direction of the show. If you did not have Kevin Spacey, I don't know why they made so much about this storyline of Kevin Spacey. Why not and make it a storyline all about Claire Underwood and not a storyline about. And I know we talked about early on of like, you know, this, the idea of the show was a house of cards and it was going to collapse on them. And, you know, would she have the house of cards never collapsed <sighs> in the whole show? Like the whole time we're waiting for it and it ends with her killing Frank Underwood's old political aide while there's still like threats out there. Mm-hmm. So there was no collapse of the house of cards. Right. I mean, I guess we have to sort of triangulate what happens from here. I mean, does Claire walk out of the Oval Office and uh, like bring me the nuclear football? We're, we're launching the attack on Russia and then we launch nukes and then, you know, uh, people are dealing with, oh, no, World War Three has started. And it's like, what is is there a dead body in the Oval Office? Who cares? World War Three is going on. And Janine has all this information and there's information that she left at uh, Doug's house, which was the last thing that we saw before the standoff between Claire and Doug. So, I mean, Janine's out there as a threat. We have Bill Shepard slowly dying. We have Annette doing whatever Annette and Seth were doing. Um, I mean, there are threats, but it, it doesn't feel like there was really like anybody won or, you know, it, we didn't get any idea of like, okay, then, then what's going to happen in this world? Mm-hmm. except maybe the nuke, which I don't even, I just feel like Claire got her hands on the nuke, but I don't know if she's actually going to launch it. I yeah. guess she is, but that that just seemed like it was thrown in there at the last minute as well. Yeah, I don't really understand that part of the story either. So Claire is trying to get the nuke and or get the, the nuclear football, and then Doug tells her, um, the men in uniform don't support you, and she tries to like take the codes from the guy, and he won't give it to her, and the next thing we see is that guy getting arrested. And it, well, I thought it was that she wouldn't give it to him, but they had kind of a standoff over the codes, which apparently are just written on a piece of paper and can be just handed off in a hallway. Um, and then she knows what do they have on you? And then he's arrested with not. I mean, there's no evidence or anything. It's just all of a sudden this like highly decorated military official who has the nuclear football is arrested based on hearsay. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's it just so much of it was. It was just so. And I wanted. I really wanted to like this episode. I liked most of the season. I've liked most of the series. It just like they they. It's like they were like they ran on a runway. They were in a plane and they were going and they had a story. They were building up steam. They're building up momentum and then the runway just stopped. Mm-hmm. And I, I it reminds me of. I'm trying to think of what other show did this, but I feel like there's another show that I watched where I just felt like the finale just kind of ended with a thud. Hmm. In this sort of hot take, I, and I don't want to spoil anything about the show, but I do, I did feel sort of underwhelmed at the end of breaking bad. And I wonder if it's the same, the same feeling as I have on this. I mean, this was way worse than the finale of breaking bad. Like they shouldn't even been the same sentence, but I did feel like breaking bad just kind of ended with a thud. 
Uh, well, I, I don't want to get too much into, uh, I guess, skip ahead uh, 60 seconds. But I feel like that, if anything, uh, I feel like that people feel like that the end of Breaking Bad was like too fan servicey, where it was sort of like everything that you sort of wanted to see ultimately ended up happening. I feel like this was like the exact opposite. Yeah, I guess. I just, I, it was like, it, it was like tied up too neatly in terms of yeah. like, hey, wait, how did they pull that? Just tie everything up. Yeah, that's true. But it it just felt everything felt too easy for me in Breaking Bad. And it felt like they the same the same situation where the writers just kind of ran out of runway where they had more they could have done. And they just said, OK, we're ending it here. And then they just had to kind of tie everything up in the last few minutes. If anything, I feel like that maybe this is more like a Sopranos type ending where it's just like sort of like, OK, well, we didn't really resolve anything. I guess it's up to us to figure out what what's going on next. Yeah. I mean, that that's also a good comparison. Um, you know, and I, I, my my brother was saying that he read an article that people were comparing the end of this to the end of Dexter, which I mm. never saw any of Dexter. But from what I understand about the ending of Dexter, that got way more ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So uh, I guess then, you know, it's up to us to sort of like uh, figure out wh- where we go from here. But, you know, they ended it on like such a you know ambiguous no yes doug is dead but what what else i really feel like that the season five finale where claire is the president she's in the white house frank is on the phone is sort of at her mercy i feel like that that was a better stopping point than where this was yeah um you know and i i did like returning to this world because it is really interesting to see what this this universe is like now that Claire is the president and there are still some kind of hanging legacy threads from Frank Underwood. But I just wonder if that could have been accomplished a lot cleaner and maybe in like four hours instead of eight. Mm -hmm. If I'm going to do eight, then make it its own season and not kind of like, like you said, zombie house of cards, house of cards, season five B and just let it be its own story that even in the first episode, he's like, you know, this could have legs to keep going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, in the first episode, we thought that, OK, we're going to have this mystery of Frank Underwood, but we have all these new characters. We have this new administration. Things are going to be different. And then it just kind of like it just really lost the trail. And it, 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 we couldn't really figure out why they introduced the things they introduced. And then it really lost the trail when it's all of a sudden Claire Underwood is pregnant and. There's no vice president for like the entire season and it just got it just went off the rails. Yeah. Well, going back to that first episode where there was this supernatural element where uh, the White House is haunted by the ghost of Frank Underwood. And we talked about, you know, where is this going? And it really turned out that the season was haunted by the ghost of Frank Underwood because he just loomed so large. I feel like if they would have handled this final season where Claire Underwood killed Frank Underwood and, you know, Frank, that he was always, you know, uh, one step ahead. Some people call this two steps ahead. And then it was Claire who ultimately was the person she took him out and then blamed all the bad stuff on him. And then people bought that. And then she just went about her business and dealt with whatever was going on with Petrov and different things like taking care of certain loose ends, but sort of had her own story that wasn't Frank's, you know, haunting her from beyond the grave. Yeah. I think that that would have been a lot cleaner. 
just, you know, it would have made Claire a stronger character, too, because it's like, we're you know, in this episode, we talk a lot about eating and hunger. You know, in the first episode, just make it that Claire ate Frank Underwood, you know, not literally, but she she killed Frank Underwood. She inherited all of his power. And then she became the stronger monster. She was the Godzilla that ate the, you know, ate the other monster and, and became even stronger. And they could have really built her up to be this great, powerful political figure. Uh, who then went on to have her own legacy and her own political career. And, and we really go, you know, almost with the House of Cards spinoff from there. Because if Claire does not launch the nuclear strike, I mean, this is kind of the end of her presidency in terms of that there is, she, you know, uh, killed a guy. And she'll say, what? Oh, this was in self-defense. But, you know, the president has, you know, uh, murdered a person in the Oval Office. Yeah, they I don't know how you get around that. I mean, she's covered in blood like we don't even know what happens after after Doug Stamper is killed. I mean, could she say, oh, this was self-defense. He tried he tried to kill me. Look, I have a cut on my neck. He tried to kill me. And so in self-defense, I I killed him. He was unhinged. This was an assassination attempt. Yeah, I guess. But I mean, and there are cameras probably in there, so I'm sure the cameras you know, maybe there's cameras in there. I don't there think there's cameras in there. Oh, there, well, there should be mm. security in there. I mean, uh, it would be a good idea. <laughs> yes. Uh, especially for situations like this, where there is a dead guy in the Oval Office. I mean, that would be a, a huge scandal. If no matter what, if there's a dead guy in the Oval Office, even if it's in self-defense, um, I mean, that's, that's huge news that that's going to push any of these Janine stories to the back page for sure. Hey, maybe that's what she was thinking. Maybe she's, yeah. you know, uh, <laughs> smart like a fox. Yeah. Or like a dog. Um, well, Doug's the dog. Hey, we did compare Doug to a dog earlier in this series as well. Mm-hmm. I do remember comparing Doug to the dog and, you know, little we know he was like the dog in the first scene. Doug is only one letter away from dog. Yeah. I think we said that a couple years ago. <laughs> I think it was one of our hashtags, Doug Dog. Yeah. Let me uh, see. What what else from this uh, finale? I mean, we wasted so much time with Mark Usher and everything with, with the Shepherds. There was no payoff whatsoever on any of this. And, and like, I know you, great. You had Greg Kinnear, but he had like four scenes in this finale. Yeah. And one of them was him looking at art and then referencing that it's people watching the cards fall. Because it's House of Cards. Get it? Yeah. But what what is my takeaway from all of the Bill Shepard storyline here? That Bill Shepard, that he is losing his faculties, he's calling into radio shows and is, you know, acting crazy, and Annette is out on him. And what? And we don't it didn't even really make sense why Annette was out on him, because he was mead to Duncan. Is that the only reason why she she kicked him to the curb. And what what is her plan that she wants Bill Shepard to be really mean to Claire Underwood? And then she, publicly she'd be like, I think my brother is being horrible to Claire Underwood. And then she ultimately is assassinated and said they should put her on a coin. She yeah. was the best. She was my friend. There was a point where I thought Annette was going to try to work with Claire Underwood and I mean, Claire never had a vice president. So I was like, well, maybe at some point Annette's going to try to get in there with her and Annette's going to become vice president. And 
then Claire's going to be assassinated and then Net will be in power. I mean, that would have, that would have been really out there, but at least it would have been some sort, sort of a plan. Mm-hmm. I mean, what did Annette want? So she'd sent Doug in there to very sloppily try to kill Claire Underwood, which clearly didn't work. Mm-hmm. What, what is she going to do? Well, Claire Underwood, when she met with Annette, uh, she talks about like a feel, feel my baby, Annie. Uh, she doesn't like what's going on. Uh, she says that the baby is kicking. It's like she senses that we're nearing the end. I mean, is that Claire Underwood posturing that she's going to launch this nuclear strike? Or do you think that this is Claire Underwood's plan? I mean, I don't know. I think she was telling us, don't worry, we're only about a half hour away from the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, they both seem like they were setting up for final chess moves, right? Claire has. Duncan and says that, you know, she'll release him, uh, you know, if she tells her who the others are that are trying to kill her, um, which is kind of a smart move, but like also a little sloppy. Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, yeah, I just thought at this point, like, okay, now Annette's going to try to get on Claire's good side. They're going to realize they should work together. And then, you know, Annette will have Claire right where she wants her and then take Claire out and then Annette will be in power. Like something like that, which was an actual plan would have made so much more sense than just kind of this like dancing around uh, much like Annette and Claire did in their, in their golden days and their youths. Yeah. And what was the payoff on any of that? Nothing. No, we didn't even get to see you said in the last episode that you thought we were going to get to see the meeting of uh, Claire Underwood and Fra- or Claire Hale and Frank Underwood. No. And uh, no, we didn't see that. I do think we did have a flash. We did have a flashback to uh, current present Claire talking to young Claire. We did it. We yes. did have that. And they were talking about uh, uh, that. She uh, what what happened in her meeting with Frank? We didn't even see young Frank Underwood. We just got the retelling of that story. Right. And then her her talking about the hunger and um, and Frank's hunger hunger. But uh, I mean, they, they could have I don't know. They just could have done so much more to just put a bow on some of these things. It's like why they introduced so much. They never paid back off. Mm-hmm. Look, uh, I hope we're not complaining too much, but uh, I kind of feel like that um, I have not seen anybody. Uh, oh, my God. Final season of House of Cards. Uh, they nailed it. Uh, I mean, I've, I've almost seen nothing. So I wonder how many people got to the end. But I have to feel like that the majority of people were pretty underwhelmed with how they closed this out. Yeah, I do think the the high point of the season uh, the premiere was really good, and also I think it was episode five when Hammerschmidt and Jane Davis and um, and there was one other character that now nah, I can't even remember who it was. Uh, all got killed. In, I think that like, was six. Uh, to be fair, um, okay. I think that was a, a chapter seventy one. I, I felt like that the episode with the um, uh, the Kathy Wake oh, where Kathy Durant that was yeah it, the, yes. the, the the Kathy Durant Wake where you know everybody was there and then you fought, sort of like have the reveal at the end where oh she's really alive like I felt like okay here we go uh, we're but it just it, it we felt like we were building to something and then we ultimately you know when you have a series finale uh, I think you sort of want to have some closure especially when the show you know this was not a sitcom where for 73 episodes we you know tuned in had a few laughs and ultimately we just want to see everybody you know continuing on the point of the show was supposed to be the downfall 
of these characters and ultimately we just left it in sort of uh, we're left in the lurch yeah it um you know i guess if you think about this season as claire is the king and everybody's trying to come come at the king and you just keep seeing how these people you know these threats are introduced but the threats don't succeed so you have kathy durant you have Annette Shepard, you have Bill Shepard, you have Usher. Um, each of these people, Jane Davis, Petrov, Nasser, they're all introduced as threats to Claire, but none of them are successful in taking her down. I just don't think it was like, if that was what they wanted to go for, they could have written it that Claire outsmarted all of these people. And um, one of the things I really loved about the premiere of the first episode is you see the process of Frank Underwood getting winning these political battles and leaking the education bill uh, out to Zoe Barnes. And and you start seeing him doing these things and you don't know where he's going, but it's like, you're watching this mystery unfold. Well, how is Frank Underwood going to get out of this situation? How is he going to grab the next rung on the ladder? And we just never saw any plan explained well, and then come together and pay off in this season. Mm Mm-hmm. No, no, it was a little bit of like, hey, trust me, uh, we're in this together. I don't want to do this. But and Claire was acting, you know, uh, really irrational towards these last couple episodes. And we did not really get her like taking us aside and telling us uh, what she was up to. Right. And, you know, you got to think eventually some of these things are going to come back. I mean, she has this whole cabinet that doesn't trust her. And it just seems like there's all these threats out there, but she doesn't really seem to be doing anything about it. Cause she's so worried about the diary of Frank Underwood and Doug Stamper. And it's just like these small problems really. And, and I guess now that Doug Stamper is dead and she has the diary, the Frank Underwood saga is done for Claire. And so now Claire can move on with her own story and her own legacy and her own presidency, because everything Frank related is out of the picture now. Mm. That's the only way I can say that this is like closure at all for this season. I don't think so. Like, I I think that we have to, if based on what was on the screen, I, I believe Claire Underwood is about to launch that nuclear strike. Yeah. I, I, and I just feel like they didn't, I, cause I didn't even walk away from the, the episode thinking anything about the nuclear strike. I mean, yes, she gets her hands on the nuclear football, but then so much happens and there's nothing else related to the nuke at all. So you're probably right. She is in possession of the nuclear button. Um, I would think that there's got to be some sort of checks that are going to be able to stop her from that. Or this whole bill that they introduced and they talked about for the whole season about the nuclear button and getting Claire's finger off the nuclear button. Mm-hmm. What what was the point of all of that? Just to let us know that her finger was on the nuclear button, just to remind us of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she was going to use it as the ultimate distraction to get away with all of these crimes and be able to uh, sweep them under the rug. Yeah, it, but meanwhile, she's committing so many more crimes. Right, right. Like she's opening <laughs> way more cans of worms, trying to cover. You know, the cover up is worse than the crime, right? So she's trying to cover up all of these things, and who cares about some of the things that they're covering up, like? Again, Rachel. Yeah. <laughs> still talking about Rachel. Still, yeah. We In the final scene, we're still talking about Rachel. This is three seasons past Rachel being dead. 
Mm-hmm. Rachel wasn't even Rachel took down Pete Rousseau. That was the only thing that Rachel did. Mm-hmm. And do you think anybody in the House of Cards world, if you brought up Pete Rousseau to them, they would even know who this guy was? <laughs> no, they would not remember him. This was like four years ago. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like all they would know about is, oh, wasn't that, that guy who was drunk on the radio interview? Yeah. <laughs> um, also, uh, Agent Green had a, a bit of a star turn here in this episode. Uh, yeah, that to meet the family. That was good. To meet the family. He tried to resign. Claire said no. We spent a lot of time on Agent Green for nothing in this final season as well. Yeah, but he did get his picture with Claire Underwood and uh, their faces were very good in that picture. He has this like real shit-eating grin and yeah. she does not look happy. She does uh, get a phone call from Agent Green. He's like, oh, you should stay in the White House. And she no sense. So then he's still working with her. Or? No, no. I think he is like uh, part of this plot where then Doug is coming to the White House to kill her. And, and he's saying, hey, you should cancel your appearances. You should stay in the White House. Oh, just because- to keep her there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And she says, make sure you kiss that baby uh, for me and then hangs up on him after she calls him out. So. I was just, you know, to me, that's more speaking like, hey, you know, just so you know, I'm going to, you know, kiss your baby because I'm going to uh, end the world today. Oh, yeah. I thought it was just a threat just to the baby that she was going to do something to the individual baby. But yeah, I guess if she's like, I'm just going to nuke everything, nuke the fridge. um, Then, yeah, I guess I guess that she's going to just kill everybody. Mm -hmm. And that would have, you know, that would have at least tied everything up. Just say, all right, we're just ending this whole universe because Claire Underwood launches like the largest nuclear strike ever and everybody dies. <sighs> yeah, but then, you know what? But give it like end on Claire Underwood, you know, giving the order to launch and then let that and then, you know, uh, cut to white. How about that? Yeah, that would uh, be good. Very lost that, that'd be fine. At least we know what happened and we're not trying to uh, you know and i know like maybe there's somebody maybe there's some sadist out there no i like that it's open-ended i like that we have to write our own ending like those people tried to do with the sopranos ending <laughs> they try to talk themselves into it oh no no, no i like that they ended it this way it just uh, keeps but, going right well the sopranos ending you could make an argument that like okay we're seeing things from tony's perspective and yes there was nobody who was trying to kill tony but you you know he'll never be able to not think that there's somebody over his shoulder and you're sort of like uh seeing it from his angle of paranoia you could have that reading on the sopranos ending um but i i don't know what sort of reading you could have on this now if we were going to hypothetically look at this where if this was the version with kevin spacey comes back for this final season of House of Cards, and then Claire Underwood stabs uh, Frank Underwood in the Oval Office and, and kills him in the Oval Office. Uh, would that be a more satisfying series finale? Yes, I think so, um, because it tells a complete story, and the final showdown is between Frank and Claire and not Claire and this guy, Doug, which don't get me wrong, I like Doug. He was a big part of the show. But, like, should he have gotten the, like, lead billing in the final battle, the Obi-Wan versus Anakin battle? I don't, I don't mm-hmm. know if that, is, if that was worth that. But uh, I do think that was the original ending that they had written. And it was always going to be Claire and Frank in this scene, with Claire finally taking down Frank. Um, but I would think that the events surrounding it would be different. Um, I don't, I mean, there's obviously no 
Frank's will or Frank's uh, the mystery of Frank's death. And I think that we would have gotten a lot more about how Frank Underwood has been being influenced by the shepherds throughout his presidency. And, you know, we, we often talk about like, what are Frank Underwood's politics? What does he actually care about? Well, I think they were trying to say that Frank was always bought by the shepherds and was just doing whatever they wanted. Always was bought by the shepherds. I, I believe so. I think there were, there were references to how they had worked with him for so long. And um, he was always kind of working under their thumb which was obviously not written before this season. And the show would have been much better if they had teased that out a little bit in earlier seasons as there's somebody with their, their kind of finger on the, on uh, the finger on the Frank Underwood button, pushing, hmm. pushing any of the policy stuff. Yeah. Not, not necessarily his moves and his strategy, but, but where he went politically. Yeah. Other than, you know, uh, giving Frank Underwood more power. Can you buy Frank Underwood? Uh, I mean, somebody needs to fund his campaigns. And yes, so. uh, I think it was just, you know, and I, and I think that was, you know, this, this show was trying to make a very loose commentary on, you know, money influencing politics. Sure. Um, sure. And, and parallels to real life. Does the show have a message, Zach? <laughs> uh, I mean, I guess you could say that, you know, power corrupts and uh, power is hard to keep. Power is hard, you know, they always have somebody trying to take your power. Um, and that, you know, even the good souls like Claire Underwood are going to be corrupted by the power. I mean, Claire Underwood was a good soul. I think, you know, the, maybe that was what the flashbacks were showing, right? She was she was getting she did stab somebody in the eye with a broomstick. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, she, she was nice and innocent. Uh, and had she just made a different choice in her life and ended up with Reed instead of Frank Underwood, things would have been so different. Yeah, I kind of feel like that the show's message was that you know horrible people are drawn to power and will do anything to retain their power but i almost feel like that in some way the creators of the show house of cards uh, should be removed of their power because i think that they gave us an ending that was self-serving in that they could potentially return and make more house of cards instead of just hitting the nuclear button on their own show and ending it and doing what is best for the people as in us, as in the audience and giving us a clear ending and not sort of like half-assing it and saying like, well, maybe we'll be back for a season seven if we get the pickup. But Netflix was like, no way we're done for now. No, that's it. That's it. I, that they've, this is, it's called the series finale. They are not renewing the show. Well, they left it open for it. Well, they left uh, it and, open as in as in hypothetically, if if people love season six of House of Cards, that they left they left themselves a way to open the door. And to me, this was sort of like that the the transfer of power should have been that's it. We are writing the ending of this show. Well, first of all, it is different creators than the beginning of the show. Right. So Bo Willimon is no longer on the show. And he would have uh, ended it. Yes, and I think he would have had something much. That's why he left. That made more sense. Uh, and I don't know how involved David Fincher was, but David Fincher did do the premiere. He directed the premiere. Robin uh, Wright enough. directed the finale. For the record, I did see Robin Wright directed the finale, and I mean she directed some other episodes that were good. Um, not not as much this one. Would you be interested in a two hour House of Cards movie on Netflix? 
that just tied up a lot of these loose ends and gave us no i don't trust them i don't trust (laughs) them to actually end it i mean it's the same thing with the walking dead just Tell us the story. Stop trying to expand the universe in more directions. Uh, I want a story with a beginning, a middle, and an ending, please. Yeah, so I've never seen any of The Walking Dead, but uh, after I watched this episode, I, I did say to some people, I would expect this is how The Walking Dead will end. It's something very similar to this. 73 chapters should be enough time to tell your story with or without Kevin Spacey. And yes, that Kevin Spacey killed a dog in the first episode and said to the that there's only two kinds of pain. Uh, there's a pain that you learn from and useless pain. And I have no use for useless things there. No more pain. He did say that. And then in the finale, Claire Underwood did kill Doug and say no more pain. But what what do what is the meaning of that? Yes, the, the two people said that Claire Underwood was not there when that happened. I guess that that line was from the diary and she reset it back. But why? Well, why? Why do these two things matter? Yeah, and the useless pain versus pain that makes you stronger. It doesn't I don't even really think it fits with the theme of the show that much. I mean, I think it's just like a line that they said. Oh, this was the first scene. A lot of people remember this, so we're just going to yeah. use that I mean, line. Did Claire do a kindness a to Doug by putting him down? I mean, I do think. I guess Claire, so. Yeah, Doug was hurting, and they talked about you know they talk about Rachel, and she offered Doug a drink, so it was some callbacks to Doug's demons. Um, but I mean, that's pretty weak. I did. I will give the show credit. I did like that they brought up that Frank Underwood never once said Doug's name in any of his diaries, and you know that's kind of a, a nice like way to show that Frank Underwood didn't value and appreciate Doug Stamper. Mm -hmm. Um, But I mean, that's about as far as I can get with that. Yeah. Did you like that Doug ate ribs with Seth and they said, and Seth said, Oh, these ribs are almost as good as Freddy's. Uh, So that is actually from a real restaurant in DC. I've never been there. Mm -hmm. um, And I, I not seeing the name of the restaurant in my notes right now, but uh, that is a place in DC that exists. uh, Federalist pig. Um, so anybody's in dc that wants to go check it out apparently they have good ribs you can go see if they're as good as freddy's okay uh well i mean i don't know that's way off topic but i wonder what happened to freddy i mean he was he was the gardener for the white house for a while right he quit quit um but he never i mean he ended up living he was one of the characters that got out of this thing alive well only to die in the nuclear strike um okay I don't know. Uh, what else? What, what else? We did a death draft. Did a uh, death draft. To, what happened to some of these characters that they introduced? Like uh, who? So we have like Kelsey. We had Kelsey, the Fine. press secretary. I mean, she, but like they were building her up to be something. And then she just like completely disappeared off of the show. Yeah. Uh, only, you know, she'll return probably working with Janine in the two hour movie that's coming back. Um, we also have uh, Brett Cole, who we spent so much time with Brett Cole, and he was he going to be Speaker of the House? Yeah. Um, the thir- you know, again, thought they were setting up some like third in line situation. Nope. Uh, nothing for him. <laughs> so. Yeah. All right. Well, here, let me give you the death draft real quick. All right. Okay. All right. Uh, so Claire Underwood, you and I both said that she would be dead. No, eh, she lived. Well, you know, maybe maybe dead after the nuclear strike. Maybe, maybe. Uh, Doug, Doug Stamper. I said Doug would die. You said he would live. So that's oops. One point. 
One point for Rob. Okay. All right. Bill Shepard. I said that he was way dead. You said he would live. So oh, nice. Okay. So that's one to one. All right. Uh, Annette, we both said that she would live. Okay. All right. So that's two, two. Here we go. Uh, Mark Usher. Mark Usher. And I said Mark Usher would die. You said that he would live and he lived. Yes, he went back to 1999 at the end of the series. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, we all wish we could. Okay. All right. Uh, Duncan, we both said that Duncan would live. Yeah, as we know, you know, maybe Duncan will show up in Orange is the New Black, uh, you know, in the, one of these prisons. Mm-hmm. Which Orange is the New Black is one of those shows that's coming back for, I believe they're coming back for a two-hour movie after the final season. Oh, boy. Uh, just like, uh, and what's the other one? Uh, not Orphan Black, but... Uh, Something like Orphan Black. It's on Netflix about all the twins that are connected. Um, anyways, yes, there's another show that that is coming back for a final two hour movie. Mm-hmm. Wrap things up, right? So I don't think it's out of the question. You have to give uh, Jerry Seinfeld so so much credit for <laughs> going out on a high note. Seinfeld. They never brought it back. They did a little thing on Curb Enthusiasm, but that was fine, and uh, that was it. Well, like enough is enough, people. Yeah. I mean, I I always say keep things shorter, set an end date. I I think it was great that Lost did that, even though a lot of people don't think that uh, Lost nailed the well, final season. Yeah, they but, probably did like one season uh, too many, and they yeah. really like that final season is uh, a lot of problems. And there's enough shows. Like, just let's let's end things. I'm always in favor of that. Mm-hmm. I have way too many shows to catch up on. If a show is is has knows how they want to finish it, like you don't need to stretch it out. Uh, I think another show that you cover. Uh, on this network is uh, stretching things out a little too far as well. Was that uh, Walking Dead? No. Nah, well, yes, Walking Dead. I've never even watched Walking Game Dead of Thrones. That. Uh, that would be Better Call Saul. I They're like Better Call Saul, <laughs> yeah. and I like this last season. But it's like, do we really need the origin story for every single thing that <laughs> happened in Breaking Bad? Yeah, it's like it's you know it's like the we're seeing how they built the Death Star here. We don't need to see how they built the Death Star. Okay. All right, uh, Nathan. I said he would live. You said he would die. Uh, so it's four to four. Four to four. Oh, all okay. right. All right. Seth. We both said Seth would live. And he did. Seth live. Okay. All right. This is the game. This is the game right here. Janine. Do you remember whether you said Janine would live or die? Uh, I'm going to say I think she would live. You said Janine would die. I oh, said that she would live. So I believe that is see a, what happened to you know, her car. Well, that, come on, come on. We're going by on screen deaths. So I believe a six to five. I won the death draft. Because oh, well, only one person dies. Only one person. I will dies. send you a trophy. Uh, I, I will take no pleasure in winning that in winning the death draft. OK, uh, how about some angry tweets from the listeners? Do we have any angry tweets? Um, we have a couple. OK, they're not, I mean, they're, let's see. So Johnny DeSavera. He said, uh, what the in biggest the- House of Cards fan that we know yes. watched 73 uh, episodes, sent us questions before every single recap that we did. All he wanted was uh, a satisfying ending. How, what was what did he say? Well, he wants something else now. He said, what in the bleeping hell was that? Eight hours spent on eight episodes of that season. All capitals. I want that time back. Listen. This was the biggest fan of this show that you had. The one guy who was like, yes, House of Cards season six. Lay it on me. Can't wait. Yeah. Uh, 
he wants his time back. Uh, <laughs> I do think he did email us some questions too. So maybe he'll have some other, you know, more, more meaty questions about this, but mm-hmm. uh, it, you know, and he was, he was the big fan of house of cards. I did do a search for house of cards after I finished on Twitter, after I finished the How'd season, uh, there were not very many tweets. A lot of them were not in English. Um, and there were some that were about sports and not about the show. And very few articles or uh, really anything of any substance about house cards. Yeah, I'm very curious to know if there's one person that got to the end and felt like, yes, house of cards stuck the landing. Perfect ending. Loved it. Yeah, uh, some subtle mullet, which that's not the easiest Twitter handle to Mm -hmm. say. He said, important question, dot, dot, dot. What in the hell was that? Uh, That was... Claire Underwood killing Doug Stamper when she was supposed to kill Frank Underwood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was what that was. Um, so I did a uh, I did a Twitter search hashtag House of Cards and the word ending. So this is all tweets about hashtag House of Cards. People talking about uh, the ending uh, six hours ago. This is somebody named uh, Paul Cunmain on Twitter. To be fair, at Cooper M was spot on. The latest series of House of Cards was shocking with a terrible ending. Uh, this is from. I mean, was it really shocking? Besides, I, I like, mean, I, I don't know. Some of the Kathy Durant stuff. Uh, Phil's quick capsule review on Twitter at Phil's quick review. House of Cards: The final season was uneven and sad to say missed the presence of Frank. The ending felt hurried and was unsatisfactory. <laughs> very, very hurried and unsatisfactory. It's the, not things third you want to be tweet. As. as much as I love hashtag House of Cards, the finale ending and final season wasn't handled very well. The ending scene as well was disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> Raving reviews. Uh, fourth tweet. I'm sorry, but the last season of hashtag House of Cards is terrible. What a stupid ending. Thanks for wasting my time. Uh, fifth tweet. Uh, I'm, I'm. How many tweets down do we have to go with? Ah, I like that ending. <laughs> Extremely disappointed in the ending to the show House of Cards. Such a good series, and for it to end like that is really disappointing and irritating. Season six jumped around way too much and didn't come to any conclusions for the show at all. Hashtag House of Cards. <laughs> uh, this I want is, to see some from the casting crew about about the ending. Even uh, they didn't like. All right, it, number six down. Uh, again, I'm not filtering these. Uh, just finished the last season of House of Cards. What an awful ending. Ugh. Uh, this is one. This is the best of the reviews so far. The ending of House of Cards. OMG. What the question mark, question mark, hashtag House of Cards. So that wasn't saying outwardly bad. They just had their mind blown. Yeah. They need, they need this podcast explained to, to them. To be fair, happened. they might have been saying it was bad, but they didn't. Out, explicitly say it was bad. It was an, an ambiguous tweet, like the ending. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, there was a tweet that I saw yesterday that uh, it was it was just under the House of Cards hashtag, and the tweet was, "I need Tom Yates to f and die. He's so annoying." Hashtag House of Cards. So they do have some uh, fun in store for them. And that tweet was from just a couple days ago. Mm. I'm trying to see if I can find one positive review uh let's see um let's see uh okay somebody says fyi the ending of house of cards is scarier the second time the nuclear football is outside of claire's door but the screen goes black what's happening in the universe hashtag house of cards uh a president a a press conference as president hale goes to camp david and locks herself down so 
Uh, okay. Yeah, that would have been nice and dark. That would have been nice and dark. Uh, okay. Oh, uh, this is somebody on November 20th said House of Cards ending was better without Frank Underwood. So, okay. <laughs> was that uh, Robin Wright? That? <laughs> yes. Yes. So, okay. Uh, and uh, somebody named Ben tweeted, and at the first sign of adversity, our defense collapses like a house of cards. Okay, well, that was not a negative tweet about the uh, House of Cards finale. I was hoping he's a Jets fan, but he's from North Carolina. Yeah, so maybe a Panthers fan. What about the uh, Johnny DeSilvera questions? All right, let me go to his questions. We do have a Twitter question from Brendan Noel. Okay, this is a good one. Uh, so he said, even though I think House of Cards is mostly garbage, I hope you guys reflect on its significance as kind of the first big streaming series and definitely the first show Netflix used to introduce this binge model that really changed the way we watch TV. Yeah. So we touched on this, I feel like, in the premiere episode. But I, I do think that House of Cards is more important in terms of the uh, delivery mechanism of the show than it was as an actual show. Because it was in 2013, something that uh, was, you know, uh, extremely new and novel. And you had these, what was it, 12 episodes or 13 episodes that you were able to go through. And there was not as much uh, prestige TV. There was not any other, you know, prestige TV available on demand. Unfortunately for House of Cards... The world caught up to them and their model, and they did it quickly. And they were able to get more and more shows out on demand. And I, and I really feel like that that if you are going to do this model, I, I really and I think that there have been other shows that have had this problem. You need to tell a story, and you need to have it, it, it like it, the. 10 episodes, the 12 episodes that you do, like I think that they need to be able to exist as their own movie. And so I don't think that you can be as serialized in terms of episode to episode and then season to season, because I think that there's just it's so hard to keep up with. I mean, you lose actors, you have the audience. It's hard to remember what's going on. You have a cliffhanger. You have to wait a year. To find out what happens in whereas in traditional television, it's when it's the week to week as opposed to the binge. Uh, I think that those those you can, you know, uh, use more of the traditional TV mechanisms. Yeah, I, I agree with all of that that you said. And I do think, you know, House of Cards kicked off this era that we now have. You know, it used to be the House of Cards would come out and there was not another Netflix show coming out for two months, you know, three months down the line. And now like there's 10 shows that drop on one Friday. And if you don't finish them by Sunday, everybody else, you know, is either already finished them or is passed by. And, you know, like I'm, I'm just catching up on like the, the haunting on Hill house right now. Nobody's even talking about that show anymore. Cause it's like a month old. And so nobody is talking about these shows much longer after they've already premiered. So you really have to, kind of, you know, I talk about hunger in this episode, you have to eat that as fast as you can. And Netflix really opened the doors for this kind of all you can eat buffet where we're just like gluttonous binging on all these different shows and not taking any time to like actually appreciate them or talk about them or interact with them. And you know, I do like what 
what you and I were able to do. And I don't know if anybody else was kept the same schedule as you and I in terms of watching the episodes, but to like sit down and actually talk about each episode and what happened, uh, because most house or most Netflix shows you just skip right through that. And it's okay. What happened? What's the ending? Yeah. And, and, and then it goes away for a year and you forget about it. And I do think, you know, the self-contained story is really, really helpful, especially if you can tell each season with its own theme. And we did get that with House of Cards. We do have, you know, the first season has kind of a contained arc for Frank and Claire to go through. And then the second season, mm -hmm. Frank going from vice president to becoming president. Um, but then we don't get such a kind of self-contained meal as we get further along in this season or in this series. Right. I wonder if, and I don't know if anybody is is really doing this, but if, if you were supposed to take like the like American horror story model, and then that was sort of like how you approach these uh, streaming shows, as opposed to okay, here's one season of House of Cards, the second season of House of Cards, third season of House of Cards, and then you know increasingly longer gaps in between when they get released, where it was sort of like okay, twelve episodes about these characters, and then maybe you know maybe one character is back for the next season but then the next season is you know a self-contained story involving those specific characters and you know treated these more like an anthology like i tried to watch the man in the high castle and i watched the whole first season and i thought it was very good and then when man in the high castle season two came out i was you know 10 minutes in, I'm like, I have no recollection of anything that happened. A year has gone by for me. How am I supposed to follow all of these different storylines again? Yeah, I, I had the same problem with that show. I did get through season two eventually. Um, never started season three. It's still on my list. And I actually really like that show, but... But it's uh, like, but who cares? But who cares? Yeah, you well, know, there's so many, I mean, 50 shows have come out between that. And even the shows that I really like and I follow, you know, like Mr. Robot, for example, is one I really like and I listened to to Josh and Antonio's podcast about that and, and mm -hmm. really dive deep into that show. And it's hard for me to remember what happened in that show. Cause that was a year ago and, and I've watched so many other shows in between and we just have so many options. Um, and yeah, self-contained story anthology story might work a lot better, especially with a show like house of cards where you have all of these different members of Congress and president and vice president. And each season really could have been like, okay, this season is all about Frank Underwood. Mm -hmm. And then the next season is all about Brett Cole. And we find out about, you know, a different branch of the government or, a, you know, a different political party or different member of Congress. And it's all in this universe of the House of Cards government. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I don't know. We're, we're saying a lot of stuff. We were not happy with, with this. The show went on too long. There was no exit strategy along the way. They ended up sort of getting forced into the ultimate exit strategy that they ended up coming up with because of the Kevin Spacey news. And so this was not a satisfying conclusion, I think, for anybody involved. Yeah. Uh, and it could have been. You know, it's like I said, I would not be opposed to a very short something to just tie up some of these loose ends. But yeah, they didn't know how to close it. They didn't know what, what they wanted the ending to be and what their overall story was being. And I think it was you a couple podcasts ago, you said no show has aged worse than House of Cards in so many aspects. I will say, though, when I was watching that first episode, I was like, oh, I'm kind of intrigued. <laughs> you know, I, was kind of, hey, hey, I did kind of get great. sucked in. I did kind of get sucked in when I was rewatching the first episode. So, yeah. but 
um, you know, uh, after this, it's the kind of thing where, you, you know, go back and, and, and watch it. And I feel like it would be a very unsatisfying experience after a couple of episodes. They're like, oh, yeah, they never they, they never went back to this. They never uh, they never uh, they set this up and they never paid off on that. Yeah, um, I do remember somebody I saw. I think it was before I had even finished this season who said that if you rewatch House of Cards all from Claire's perspective, it tells a better story. I don't know if that would hold up with the way the finale came uh, to be, but and, and Claire doesn't play a huge role in the first episode, but I did notice that in the description on Netflix, it now says Frank and Claire Underwood do all of this stuff. And I, mm-hmm. I believe most of those descriptions just referred to Frank Underwood back before Kevin Spacey was off the show. So I think they are Petrov, get off of my Netflix descriptions. We have ways of views. Yeah. Yeah. They're changing the history, changing the past. Okay. Rewriting history. Want to do a couple more questions? Go for it. We got got Johnny D. Severa. Let's see what he emailed in. Aside from Frank, Claire, and now Doug, is there any other major characters that you wished Talk to the viewers during the House of Cards run. Yeah, uh, did we see Doug talk to the camera before uh, they he broke the fourth wall at the end of the last episode, right? Right. Uh, he looked at uh, he looked at the the camera through the mirror as he was shaving, and then in this episode, he told us he didn't ever like talking to us. So uh, they were pretty yeah. fast and loose with all of a sudden everybody Thanks, Doug. to the audience. Yeah. yeah. Uh, did anybody else need to talk to the uh, who? who who needed to talk Petrov. to the audience? Yeah, Petrov. <laughs> uh, can you believe Shepherd, this? Just to tell us, yeah, Nat Shepard, just to tell us, like what Duncan Shepard was. Yeah. Duncan Shepard in the in the spinoff, mm-hmm. Shepard and Breckel. I, I do think, like Mark Usher. Not that I wanted to hear his perspective because I don't think he really had one. Um, but like, what was the point of Mark Usher? Could he tell us what he did with Tom Yates's body? <laughs> yeah, it's probably still sitting in the freezer. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, You know, we did get a glimpse into I I did like that line from Mark Usher about how he wished he was back in 1999 at the uh, tenants meeting in Chicago. I think what that was meant to be was that that was like his. I'm sorry. Mark Usher is partying like it's 1999. Yeah. Pre Y2K. Y2K ruined everything (laughs) for Mark Usher. But that, that must have been Mark Usher's first foray into politics. And he was probably thinking about how it was a simpler time doing the tenants meeting. Uh, and now he's trying to kill the president with no plan whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kevin Spacey wants to go back to 1999 as well. Yeah, oh, that was a high. Well, I don't know. I, I guess House of Cards might have been a higher point for Kevin Spacey. Yeah, I, I don't want to do Kevin Spacey back, IMD right? bags right now. <laughs> uh, I will say The Negotiator. Great movie. LA Confidential. Great movie. Seven. Great movie. Um, and I, I think Kevin Spacey would rather go back to 1995. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a good time for Kevin Spacey. Yeah, when was American time. Beauty? American Beauty is nineteen ninety nine. He was doing fine in if I yeah. he was doing fine in ninety nine. I think he, that was when he won Best Actor. That that might have been his peak. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fire up right. the time circuits. So we got Mike Christensen, and he asked a question just on the season in general. Am I the only one who felt Claire's breaking of the fourth wall wasn't per- particularly effective this season? They just seems like they're trying to be too cute. Maybe I'm misremembering how Frank used to do it. For example, the way she breaks during the address at the start of Chapter 71 
seems like it would have been better as one full statement as opposed to multiple little asides. Right. I mean, I agree with this. I don't think that they effectively nailed Claire breaking the fourth wall really at any point. It was a shock when she did it. I think it was maybe season. It was like the end of season four and she did it again, I think, in uh, season five. And she was like, in the beginning, it was like, oh, don't believe everything that Francis told you. You know, don't, don't, don't listen to Francis. Listen, listen to me. I'll tell you, I'll tell you the truth. But then she was just sort of like, oh, I was hoping I wasn't going to have to do this or uh, look, uh, watch, watch what I'm going to do now. But I feel like that Frank gave us some more insight into what was happening. And Claire sort of was a little bit like, uh, oh, no. What's happening? Yeah, just doing it for the sake of doing it. And um, that one scene where Claire Claire finally addresses us towards the middle of season five, uh, that was great because she talks about how she doesn't trust us and she's kind of more hostile to the audience as well, which is, I guess, what we got from Doug in this finale. But uh, it's still like, if you really think about it, what was the point of all of the the asides and uh, breaking of the fourth wall? It would have been really, really clever if that paid off that all of this was actually the lines in Frank Underwood's diary and that when he was breaking the fourth wall, it was like him mentally writing his diary. Yeah, and I don't think they said that, but I I believe that, you know, uh, considering that his diary entries were things that he said to break the fourth wall, I think that that was implied. Yeah. But then so what was Claire Underwood breaking the fourth wall? Uh, her diary that she's going to be writing and then Doug's diary that he don't waste any brain died. cells trying to figure this out. You're putting more thought into it than anybody who worked on the show did. I uh, know they should. Yeah, they should hire me to write the movie. <laughs> uh, yeah. Jessica Frey wrote in. Now, we haven't had a Jessica Frey question this season. Hi, Jay Frey. And she said, uh, just starting to watch the finale. And I don't know if this has always been there for the past two episodes. But did you notice the opening sequence that there was a statue of Claire Hell pregnant? Talk about legacy. That was a oh. great catch because I also noticed that and I meant to go back and look at some of the other openings and because um, I had never seen that before the finale. Directed by Robin Wright. Yeah. So and that was a cool little Easter egg. And, you know, I will give props to the opening sequence. I don't know if you skip the opening sequence when you watch this. but Sometimes I do. Yeah, uh, I, I love the opening sequence for this show. I think it's one of the better opening sequences uh, for any show that we've had. Um, it's great music. <laughs> Show's great. Yes, exactly. Great for the mouth trumpet. Uh, it, it, I always think it's going to end, and then it's got like 15 seconds left in it. Sort of like this show. Yeah. Um, I did like that they brought back the uh, texting visuals on the screen. Yes. That was something uh, stylistically that I feel like that. I don't know if, if any other shows uh, had done that before they did it on House of Cards. I thought I thought that was a cool thing that they did. And I was happy to see it come back in the finale. Yeah, uh, I think they do that on God Friended Me. Yeah. OK, well, I think it, I want to say that House of Cards uh, did it first. Yes. Uh, well, Frank Friended Me. Frank friend of me. Oh, uh, all right. And uh, Brendan Fitzpatrick will close out with him. Uh, he just has WTF. Uh, and he said, what about that ending? Yeah. 
Uh, Great question. Jonathan <laughs> Severa is so mad. Uh, he's he's so mad. He's still tweeting. He's still tweeting about it because now here comes shut up Tim uh, from the top row. Uh, he said uh, that ending was always planned out, but with Frank and Claire instead of Doug, right? And Jonathan Severa said, "If it was that, it still would have sucked." I consider those two a package deal. I wanted the House of Cards to fall for both of them. Look, Johnny DeSilvero was going to be the easiest person to please with this House of Cards finale. And he speaks for all of your viewers. You blew it. (laughs) Yeah, I hope that... uh... I hope that the Nashville Predators never let him down like House of Cards. You guys blew it. Kevin Spacey is, is, is the first time Kevin Spacey has smiled in a year when he realized that they, how bad they blew it without him. Yeah, I still would love to like just like I said, when that all that Kevin Spacey news came out, just write the novelization of what they were going to do. And just let I just want to know how they originally had written out the ending, because I like to think that they had the ending to this written out from the beginning, which is probably naive, especially given how this played out. Kevin Spacey has just come out of hiding to say, oof. <laughs> yeah, oofometer for Kevin Spacey. Yeah, uh, not good. I hope that he. I hope that he watched this. And uh, well, I, I guess I don't really. Hope Nobody can find this, Kevin but. Spacey either. That, that uh, there's uh, like articles written about. Like uh, nobody, nobody knows where in the world he is. Are we going to get a podcast series finding Kevin Spacey like, eventually? Uh, nobody's yeah. looking. Believe me, nobody's looking for him. Nobody, nobody wants to see him. Do you okay. think that Kevin Spacey will make any kind of return, or is his, is he completely done forever? I'm pretty sure he's done. Yeah, he's done. He's done. Um, All right. Let me thank a sponsor for this episode of the House of Cards post show recap. And those are friends over at betonline.ag. Of course, uh, they are the presenting sponsor of the podcast one sports net challenge. Uh, Busy weekend in uh, the NFL there in week number 12. Let me give you my picks for week number 12. Hopefully uh, they go better than the House of Cards finale. Hard hard to go worse than the House of Cards finale. Uh, in week 12, I'm going with uh, the Ravens, the Colts, the Patriots, the Steelers, and the lock of the week, I have the Chargers. So much uh, great NFL action uh, with us getting into the home stretch of the NFL season. Uh, lots of great college football matchups, including Michigan versus Ohio State, Washington versus Go Washington State. Yes, <laughs> Florida versus Florida State, Notre Dame at USC, and much more. There's only one place to get in on all the action. BetOnline.ag. Don't wait any longer. Use promo code PODCAST1 to receive a 50% sign-up bonus. That's PODCAST1 for a 50% sign-up bonus. Go online or use your mobile phone to sign up today and try in-game live betting where you can participate with all of the action on every play. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Yeah, there's uh, good games to bet on. And, yes. You know, it's just going to keep ramping up. We got college basketball now, too. Now that I'm not watching House of Cards, we'll be watching more college basketball and betting on it, hopefully. So uh, we did have that meeting between Claire and, uh, quote-unquote, Walter. We'd never met Walter before, but he's just some random. Yeah, who was that? Who was that? He's like, I've been with you guys from the start. Yeah, it's, he's another one of those backroom people that we had no idea is actually controlling things. With uh, their cigars. Yes. Well, speaking of cigars, they're in that back stairwell and we don't see the cigar burn that was. What, a, they painted it? Yeah. I mean, I guess it's been a while. So maybe it's, you know, but they, if they're going to do all these callbacks, like call back to that cigar burn. That was a great scene. That was when Petrov was first introduced on the show. 
Hmm. So, yeah, maybe, maybe we'll see, you know, better call Walter sometime in the future. <laughs> Walter White? Oh, yeah, Walter White. Exactly. It all ties back to Breaking Bad. Yeah. And uh, last thing, I did talk about this a lot, but I did like that theme. The one, like, really cool theme we had throughout this episode was hunger. Um, we have lots of food talk throughout the episode. We have Petrov talking about his food. We have Doug talking, uh, eating yeah, the Pet- ribs. Petrov with the salad. What was that? Yeah, he's uh, he's off the carbs now. So, You know I don't eat carbs anymore, Claire. Yeah. And uh, Mark brings the pastries, but Bill doesn't eat sugar anymore. So it was a very anti- anti-carbs episode so uh you know house of cards not house of carbs i guess yeah well i i thought that claire could have said to petrov on that phone call so yeah petrov maybe uh, you could have dessert today i think i think you'll be okay live a you little could, you could live a little yeah yeah uh <laughs> right like there that i know we've already spoiled the sopranos but there's a you know a great moment uh where Tony is uh, about to execute uh a couple of guys that i think that they put the that they were trying to impress Richie Aprile and then they were going to put a hit on uh Christopher and uh then uh Tony and Big Pussy go to you know they find the kid and then uh they tell him it's going to be okay and they ask him he could have a soda and he takes the diet and Tony's like oh no why don't you have some sugar uh <laughs> you don't need the diet for right before, right before he uh kills the kid uh yeah I've never seen all of Sopranos but I do think I saw that episode yeah, I, that's another show. That's why we need to stop making all of these streaming binging shows, so I can finally catch up on Sopranos and all these other shows that are like the classic ones that just keep getting pushed down my list because some new Netflix show comes out and I got to watch it in two days before the next Netflix show comes out. I mean, besides Game of Thrones, what is the most buzzed about TV show that is just Survivor, a, right? No, I'm not, about draw like a prestige drama. Yes. What besides Between Game of Thrones? Republic. Uh I mean Game of Thrones is like the last of that breed, which is I think gonna, so. There are gonna be a lot of ringer articles written about the end of this era, uh, when Game of Thrones finally has its last episode. But you I mean it's, any show that's the big show is the big show for two weeks. It's, mm-hmm. If if they're lucky, you know, like ha- House on Haunting of Hill House was mm-hmm. really big for a couple weeks. Everybody's talking about it, nobody's talking about it anymore. Uh, Stranger Things will come out and everybody talks about it and then nobody talks about it. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't even know. I don't even think like, what is the second show. biggest HBO show? Forget uh, Netflix. Um, well, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't think there really is like a giant HBO. Silicon Valley, maybe Veep. But is Veep done? Veep uh, done. I don't know. Westworld? Is, West, is Westworld it? I think Westworld is big with people on the Internet. But Westworld is going to keep losing viewers. Because it's, I do like Westworld quite a bit. That's one I didn't even think of, but like, it's so confusing. I mean, you have to listen to like right. five hours and, of podcasts to understand what happened. <laughs> yeah, I think so. And also, I think that, you know, the series, I mean, wh- when is uh, Westworld season three going to come out? 2021? Uh, I think it's next year, but mm. maybe it's 2020. I, I yeah. haven't heard much about them filming it or anything. Yeah. Um, and I have no idea what the Westworld ratings are, but Westworld season two ratings drop from season one. And I think yeah, the season I, I one imagine. finale had 2.2 million viewers. So I don't know. Like, what is Is there a prestige drama out there that has, you know, five million people watching it? This is us, probably. This, uh, is, that's prestige drama? I mean, I don't know if it's prestige, but that's got to be like the biggest drama that's on TV. Mm hmm. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. So uh, House of Cards came in, 
And just to put a bow on this, unlike what House of Cards itself did, House of Cards came into a world with a lot of serialized dramas. They really broke the mold. But at the same time, they may have broke the system. <laughs> yeah, and they uh, they lived and uh, what is it? They died how they lived, I guess. They fast and loose. <laughs> that, was they, that was how they died. Fast and loose. Right. Now there are, you know, a hundred scripted dramas and, you know, eight people watch each of them. Yes. And talk about them on Twitter for two days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, unless you're work at the ringer and then you have to watch uh, Succession and Billions. Oh, yeah. Succession was pretty big, according to some podcasts. That I listened to. <laughs> yeah, it was. It, I will say I don't know if you even watched Succession, but it was very well done. I'm sure. It's a good show. Uh, uh, sure. I, next on my list is Homecoming. That will be the next show that I will be watching, and it will take me a while to get through that. Even though it's, I think it's like eight thirty-minute episodes, but uh, I just can't get through anything too fast. Okay, Zach. A- any final thoughts here with House of Cards? Yeah, I want somebody to invent a way for these streaming shows to kind of have some sort of rhythm and pace so that people can watch them uh, somewhat together. Yeah. What about the Hulu model where they uh, that Netflix will drop a season uh, all at once where Hulu will, uh, for the most part, I believe that they uh, tend to drop one a week. Uh, yeah, I think I think they actually do three a week. Uh, three, 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 yeah, well, well do one a week. Do one a week. You're you're well, one a week is the normal model, though. Well, it's the original model. What it was the model, uh, but then we got away from it. Now we're dropping everything. Like yeah. Handmaid's Tale. What do they do with that show? They do three a week, but that show is so depressing. Oh right, even three. You, a week you is couldn't. Too much. Ha- yeah, it's too much. Too much. Yeah. They should do. You know, one uh, a month would be fine th- for that show. <laughs> one a month, right? Right. It's really slow things down. Uh, I think. I mean, I've heard lots of people talk about this, and there's tons of good articles and podcasts about that. But you know, it's just they're, like they're all trying to flood the market. Just to have as much so much content so that when you go and you're like, all right, I'm ready to cancel Netflix. I'm done. You have this watch list with an ever growing selection of movies and shows to watch. And so you just can't cancel. So you, I'll just stay on for another month or I'll just keep borrowing somebody's password for another month. <laughs> okay. So. All right. Zach Brooks, you are the man. We did it. You <laughs> we did it. We got here. Uh, and uh, look, the ending was uh, unsatisfactory, in my opinion, but uh, the ride was so much fun. Yeah, we had a lot of fun. There were there were some good uh, some good moments, some funny character bits. We had the hamster or uh, guinea pig, Jorbal. I don't ever remember what he was. <laughs> it was a guinea pig. Cashew. Um, yes, we had Tom Yates, Tom Yates's body. We had so, the three chim. Don't um, never forget the three chim. That, that didn't age that well. No. <laughs> yes. But uh what a series, what a ride. What a what a ride. Okay. I'll All right. For the I'll see you for the 2-hour movie in a couple years. The, you only you're talking about there's a 2-hour movie. Nobody else <laughs> is talking about this. Yeah. Well, you'll see. Okay. 10 All years right. from now, we'll see where we are. Yeah, where will we be 10 years from now? Uh should we get together for uh whatever Greg Kinnear has in the hopper? Yeah, whatever his next movie is. We can mm-hmm. that's what we can do. We can, we do that. If you don't want to do a House of Cards rewatch podcast, we could do a Greg Kinnear podcast. That's great. What should we call it? Uh, uh, we'll call it. How about we'll do a, we'll do a whole network about all of the works of uh, Greg Kinnear. We'll call it uh, Kinnear Wolf. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that that sounds great. I don't think anybody has anything similar to that at all. Or how about uh, this? Or, or or the podcast is called Next of Kinnear. 
Oh, that's perfect. Yes, uh, you should take that out. Don't give that one away for free. <laughs> I'll buy that domain right after we get off the phone. <laughs> At the very least, we'll put it on the Robin Akiva wheel, and you could be the special guest for oh, perfect. Yeah, next of Kinnear. Next and then we just, we just go through his IMDb, and we go from uh, project to project, movie to movie. Yes. Well, we haven't had a hashtag in a while, so I think it's only fitting that if you got to the end of all of the House of Cards recaps, you can let us know with hashtag next of Kinnear. Next of Kinnear, not Kinnear Wolf. Yes. Now, I think, uh, you know, Francis with an E is the uh, next of Kinnear for Clara. (laughs) Yeah. All right. There you go. All right. Follow Zach Brooks on Twitter. He's at BrooksZA. I'm, well, are are we going to get negative feedback? Uh, I don't are we gonna I mean, are we gonna get killed here like Doug Stamper? I mean, any negative feedback? You know, I guess we could go to at Robin Wright, maybe mm-hmm. <laughs> at, at Bo Williman. Yeah. All right. Uh, so uh, you could find me. I'm not gonna. I won't give out my Twitter handle in case. Uh, but but who's go, who's uh, coming for us? What what did we say? Who the, who is the House of Cards stand? That's like no. House yeah, of Cards even, was awesome. You guys are a bunch of whiners. We can't find them on Twitter. Also, if you've listened to. 60 some odd episodes of the house of cards recap you probably know what both of our twitter handles are <laughs> yeah, i don't know if you need to be giving those away at this point yeah all right great stuff thank you so much zach thank you guys so much for listening especially everybody that uh stuck around uh through all of these recaps only to get to this point i wish we had a more satisfying ending to talk about Send us your fan fiction. Let us know what Ooh. you think is the, uh, what, what would be a satisfying ending for you for the end of this show? Okay. All right. Thank you guys so much. Take care, everybody. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.